TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 518, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I write for WhySellBlue.com, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Yusun, coming to you from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. Well, since Tom was lame and didn't show up for the podcast, that means I have to do the news, and I apologize because my news is not as thorough as his is. So... Uh, the only thing I have off the top is that Netflix has ordered uh, that 90s show from the people who did that 70s show. And I was like, really? All right. So is that, that's not a, that's a sequel, I guess? I guess. Uh, and I, then I would I, rather see that 80s show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember much about the 90s. And I mean, not because I was out of it, but I don't, <laughs> I just feel like the 80s is more, is more conducive. Flashier. Like, better too, mining. Yeah. yeah, better mining for, for material. Interesting. Better music. Uh, I think Tom might have done this last week, but I'm not sure. Foundation got renewed for season two after only two episodes or two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Woo! And then uh, a bunch of stuff from New York City Comic Con. They show they revealed a bunch of trailers. They made a lot of announcements. And what I've got is I know we said I'm pretty sure we talked last week that Doctor Who is being taken over by uh, Russell T Davies after uh, Jodie Foster leaves. This is her last season. They revealed the trailer and announced that the new the the last season of Jodie Foster will premiere October thirty first. And it will only have um, eight episodes. Uh, Star Trek Discovery also revealed their trailer, and it will launch November 18th. The Expanse revealed their trailer. They are only doing a six-episode season, and will premiere Ooh. December. <laughs> will Ooh. premiere December 10th. Uh, the Wheel of Time did another trailer and will premiere uh, debut November 19th. But they announced new series regulars going into season two because they're already filming season two. And it will be Sierra Coventry, uh, Natasha O'Keefe, and Mira Sayal. And I don't know any of these women. But one of, but, but the thing that I like about this show is it's very female heavy, especially with the Asadai. And you guys will find out what the acid I are later. Uh, Wheel of Time. Oh, I haven't watched that. Okay. I know, it hasn't premiered yet. It premieres November oh. 19th. Oh, <laughs> just as an aside, um, Doctor Who is Jodie Whittaker. I, what did Foster I say, Jodie Foster? <laughs> that would be... Nothing, I, I think she'd make a great Doctor, honestly, but she's <laughs> not playing her name. Sorry, that was, a, it, that was it, some sort of slip. They have not announced the second one, right? Uh, no, I mean, the not new, yet. New no. Okay. No, I mean, because uh, Russell Z. Davies just took over, so he has to cast the next Doctor. So, right, um, so that's all the news I have. I'm sure there was a lot more that came from New York City Comic Con, but it's like weird to do to like decipher what's news and what's just like debut. They had a lot of trailers, they had a lot of movies, and it's so strange. I was like, New York Comic Con happened, and I feel weird because San Diego Comic Con didn't happen. 
And so I'm kind of like thrown off a little. Anyway, my world is disoriented. So let's move on to the shows. I'm sure there was more news that I missed and Tom is cursing me. Um, but let's start off with the shows. And first up will be Only Murders in the Building. And this was, wasn't the penultimate, right? Is there two more? I think there's like two more episodes left. No well, idea. Uh, there's one more episode. Oh, there's actually. one more episode left. I couldn't remember if there was one or two. Okay, so in this episode, they did their final podcast and announced who they thought the villain was. And of course, they're wrong. So it was like, they get at the top of the episode, they get threatened by, uh, God, what is that actor's name? Somebody help me out. Nathan Lane. Nathan, Nathan Lane. Lane. Yeah, they get threatened at the top of the episode by Nathan Lane. He's like, this will be your last podcast. And you're going to make sure you make it sound like we're innocent. Blah, blah, blah. So, of course, they do this all-night session. They even bring in their fanboys. And I like that the episode was called Fan Fiction. Um, and they come up with these crazy theories. And without zero evidence to support any of this theory, they, they make their podcast and accuse um, Nathan Lane and his son for the murder of Tim Kono, we know that at least the son was there when the girl on the roof died 20 years ago, but they have no evidence that they were involved in Tim Kono's murder at all, other than they had motive. So uh, what did you guys think? I love the episode. First of all, I love the introduction of all, all, all these fan characters that are just sitting out on the street, you know, just <laughs> ooing and eyeing over them. And, and, you know, they're just, they're devoted coterie. Um, I, I thought that was great. And I, I loved how, the, how excited they were when they were brought in to, to like <laughs> the sanctum sanctorum of this podcast that they love so much. Um, I thought, I thought all of that was great. Uh, of course, I knew. I, I mean, I think it was really obvious that whatever conclusion they came to, it was going to be wrong because we have one more episode to go. Um, sure. But I, I, I loved how they were staging it and, and everything that they did. Um, I'm, I'm wondering now, however, if, if you know, what we saw at the end with Jan, um, if she's actually been killed or if she's going to survive whatever happened to her um oh that's right because obviously... she got a, a death threat or just more not even a death threat I'm it's like watching i'm watching you, you. Yeah. that does not mean i'm going to kill you which is something happened yeah, to her but, right but she had interesting theories because she kept trying before this happened she kept trying to say well look at this guy you know who who had the cat and, you know, remember the cat was poisoned and and then um, Oliver's dog was poisoned. And so she's trying to draw attention to these things that aren't adding up, which I'm sure are going to be leading to who actually did it. Right. So um, just the very fact that they kept ignoring her and saying, no, it's like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's like, of course she does. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. And, uh, you know, uh, like as as they've been doing with every episode just the interactions of all the characters i at the beginning you know they they could hardly stand each other they didn't know each other they didn't care and now they're like a family and i love how they've come together and work as a unit they all each character plays off each other so perfectly all right i agree um i mean this show has never been about 
like I've never really watched the show thinking I was hoping I was going to get a good murder case. It's always been about the three leads. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like them. I like the characters. That, I mean, I, I like Nathan Lane. I, I like the supporting cast that they've added. Um, it should be noted, uh, Allison, there's two more left. So that was episode eight. So there's 10. So we have two more. Um, do you guys think Amy okay. Adams did that? Wait, what? What? I thought I thought oh, that the, it said that there were the finale was next week's. Um, no, no, so. no I'm, I'm looking right now. Next, next is episode nine, which is called Double Time, and then finale is number ten. Oh, so, okay. Well, right, wait. good. More yeah. murders in the building. That's good. So, do you guys think Amy Adams is dead? Her character? I'm not sure. Well, I, I hope wasn't there a lot of blood. Right. I thought there was blood. Was I mean, there's there was a lot of blood. A, there's blood. It's not like a zombie. I mean, it's not like that. <laughs> but I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I would just be surprised that a show like this, killing Tim Kono is a character we don't know, killing a character we've known for a while, that, that whatchamacallit, um, that Martin Short has hilariously been mean to the whole time. Like, I, I'd be like, oh, they really kill that character? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I keep thinking it's going to be like the next episode, she's in like a coma or ICU or something like that. I'm Which is not... possible because it looked like the blood yeah. was coming from her her abdomen, you know, like that's where it seemed to be concentrated. I'm, I'm so they gonna, can go either way. I'm not going to take uh, Peter's assumption on that because they cut off Ned Stark's head and Peter for a whole week was like, I don't think he's dead. I think they, they fooled us. <laughs> and I was like, dude, they cut his head off. I don't know. I feel oh, like better. I might be, I might be with walk. <laughs> I might go. With, I might be with Peter only because they already like the show is still pretty relatively lighthearted. You know That's what I mean? True. And That's I mean, true. you know, and it's it's a comedy. However, I will core. say, but at the first in the first episode, they show uh, the girl. I can't Mabel. They show her over a dead body, and she's like, "I didn't kill him." Like that's the first episode. Well, but, but 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 you made a very good point saying we didn't really know who they were who who we didn't know who they were and you know what I mean and I mean look I it could go either way I'm I'm, I'm I mean but I just I don't know I feel like uh, they built her up we knew we know her very well and it would bring such a, a it would be such a downer for Steve Martin's character because he is super bonded with her do, do you know what I mean so, yeah but to be fair so, whether she's in a coma or dead it's gonna be a downer for him. No, because I mean, I but no, but the, it, there's there's levels. So I, what I mean is a super downer, like scarring level. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> finally opens up, yeah. finally has someone. Lots I mean, of people. If she recovers, to... that's one thing. If she's right. dead, that's, that's something I mean. else. That's and also that absolutely. scene at the end, you know, the, the 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 that little teaser at the beginning that we got, where she's standing over the the de- or kneeling rather over the dead body. For all we know, that's the killer. So it's it's not somebody somebody we're necessarily right. crying. I just, I just feel like they spent way too much time. Uh, I, I don't mean like too much in it, like I didn't like it, but I mean they spent so much time. Uh, it's part of his arc about re- opening back up again and this and this and blah. blah. I just seem it, it would be so mean of the show to That's take true. her away. That is true. So permanently, you know, and lots of people go into so many people go into a hospital and you know and then wake up. You know what I mean? So uh, and they, she doesn't even need to be in a coma to like wake up. You know what I mean? Like survive the emergency room visit. So I, I think that. Um, I'm, I'll just okay, we'll give we'll, we'll give Peter on. credit for that if if she's okay. Yeah, it, it, I would, but uh, but uh, I just want to jump on what Allison said. I mean, you guys, you know, went over the show enough 
two things though one is uh, i do love the 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 fan fan club fanboy whatever you know people because you know they did a really nice job a a lot of times they get you know fanboys and or fan girls fan people whatever you want to call it uh you know are really kind of shown as being it's very dismissive and they're really kind of the butt of the jokes and made fun of and and kind of you know derided and stuff so i thought it was very sweet the way they handled it you know what i mean um it kind of goes with the theme of the show of togetherness and inclusiveness and you know that kind of connection kind of a thing so i i thought that was nice you know they avoided the trope of like making fun of them and and you know just kind of dismissing them and stuff but they weren't the butt of the jokes and they actually ended up helping a lot you know so i really liked that angle i thought that was sweet and and in line with the show um the other thing is i'm sorry what i was gonna say we need to wrap it up so make it quick oh yeah so the other thing though is with what peter said though is also i sure i didn't tune in for thinking i'd get a murder and we clearly you know and it's all about relationships and this and that and the acting you know in their relationship but i do i think i think it's fun i mean obviously it's the conceit of the show it's in the title but i do like the murder you know aspect of it it's light you know what i mean but like i don't know it 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 adds to it it's not a nothing do you know what i mean obviously it's the conceited show but I, i like that aspect too i think that it's a it's a cute balance it's nice it's light you know but anyway so i think we all i missed last week's episode i mean i missed last week's podcast so but uh, I've been saying all along that you know I do enjoy the show and it's fun it puts a smile on my face but it still has heart so you know I like the show a lot all right let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about evil and this episode which which is interesting is we're getting closer and closer to David's uh or ordination that? ordination I was like orthodoxy no that's not right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're getting closer and closer. And what I like, cause we've seen so far, we've seen people plotting against him, trying to keep him from, from taking his vows. But this week's episode, what's interesting is we actually get to see his own doubts, like what he's thinking and whether or not, you know, he's thinking maybe I shouldn't do it or maybe I should, or, and he's got all these people pushing and pulling on him. And the nun, I really like her, and I like the advice she gave him. She's like, look, yeah, you could do fun stuff outside the church, but she's like, we're literally fighting the devil, and we need you in this war. And and she's like, that's just, that's just it. Um, and she just broke it down, and I thought that was a really cool conversation. So, yeah, I'm... But I still feel like something's going to happen to like right at the moment where he's doing his vows, like there's going to be an earthquake or something crazy. (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) Allison, what are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I like this episode. And I did like the fact that, you know, because uh, up until this point, we've David's been pretty one note as far as his his determination to be ordained as a priest. And I like the fact that they they introduced some doubt which like right on on the eve of him doing this makes sense. I mean, right. it, it's human to say, wait a minute, am, am I doing the right thing really? And, you know, he does, as far as we know, stay on this path. But it's, it, you know, he questions for a little bit because he is making a commitment for the rest of his life. Right. So I, I like that. And I also like where he was seeking, too, because it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm just going to become a party guy and, you know, go off and do whatever and, and become complete, he, completely hedonistic. He, he went to to his friend who was uh, who joined the Baptist church 
and is more, you know, into into uh, political activism and helping people, uh, you know, the poor oh, and the yeah. needy and all yeah, of that. And it, it seemed like legit. I mean, like, yeah, that guy's argument about why he shouldn't you know, take his vows and just become a minister instead. I was like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it totally did. So I, 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 I enjoyed all of that on the flip side of the coin. You know, we've got, uh, Christine Lottie's character getting weirder by the moment. Oh my goodness. Um, I just, I don't know what to do with that storyline. Uh, it was like, it was so weird. And then, you know, the, 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 the conceit of the episode, I was actually kind of dreading it because there are few, very few things in horror that get to me, but creepy dolls that come to life. <laughs> is one of them. And, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would well, be. Well, the doll doesn't just, move. So that helps. Yeah. It just sits there and looks horrendous. Um, but you know, all of, all of that going on with that and the kids and this feeling of possession. I don't think we've finished with this yet no. by any means. Um, but now the grandma has two dolls and a weird suspended head and some kind of juice, whatever. And now she's uh, made a deal with the demon. Like, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with grandma at all. Like, I'm like, uh, uh. I'm well, not she's sure. Got, I- like, I'm not sure. She's I got like care, a devil's though. version of the Trinity going on. Right. And, and now she has a sigil that's on the map. And I guess they're making her straight up evil. Like, I mean, she was kind of evil before, but now it's like, all right, you're official. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. It's mm. a, I, I think it'll become more and more problematic. I'm not sure ultimately where they're going to go with her. I mean, they did eventually bring Kristen back from the brink. So well, they kind of made it what... seem like Kristen was actually possessed and they did an exorcism. Yeah. And so now she's and... fine. Right. For Wait all we know, so is, so is Christine Lottie's characters. Um, Cause you know, we didn't Peter, get to you're know not supposed to be listening. Well. Spoilers guy. I, I, I thought you guys had finished. I muted it for forever. And then I was like, oh, and then I just heard, I was like, wait a minute. So are you saying Kristen is the Nate of uh, evil now? No, She's no, 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 no. You, 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 you misunderstood. Just watch the show. You'll see. So it's not okay. like that. All right. Well, let's move on anyway. I mean, this, this has been good. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about the grandma. That's all. Well, uh, the grandma's always been evil. That's not a big deal. Yeah. They She's took not- it to a, they took it to a new level. Dude, she said she dated tons of demons. I yes, already know. I'm, like... t- I'm telling you, they took it to a new level. That's all I'm saying. All right. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. All right, uh, let's move on. Next up is Why the Last Man? And the question is, why is this show not any good? Is, <laughs> is what I want to know. Like, the premise could have been a really good show. Like, just based on the premise, I was like, oh, this could be awesome. And I have now given it five episodes. And uh, to, be fair, to be fair, you and I both liked episode four. I thought four was a good episode. Yeah, but I don't. I still don't feel like they're on the right track. Like overall, I don't feel like the show is going where it needs to go to be a good show. Like we're sp- we're still spending way too much time with with uh, Diane Lane and who's going to be president and who's going to be in power and. Who's going to backstab who in the White House? And none of that is important. In the actual overall scope of the show, none of that matters. 
And I just, I feel like whoever's writing the show is not focused on the right things. I don't mind the president and I like 350, is it 355? Is that her name? 355, yeah. yeah. I like her. I, I, I like Olivia Thurby as an actress, but I really can't stand the sister. Um, I mean, I actually don't really like York, York. I don't really no, like No, both one. siblings are terrible. Yeah, they're both siblings are pretty. I mean, that to me is more the problem is they've, they've really gone out of their way to make these two siblings like pretty unappealing. Unlikely. Yeah, unlikely. Yeah, yeah. But in, not in a very interesting. And also, why are they still, unless I miss this, it feels like, it feels like they're they're doing that very writerly thing of like holding off on why exact what what is the daughter's name? What is uh, well, why she won't go see her mom? Yeah, what is the deal? I'm just like, come on, man, we're five episodes in now. Like, what? I'm like, did she, I mean because it's Diane Lane and the show has presented her as like mostly a good person? I'm like, what, what could it be that like? And so I feel like they've really belabor that way too long where i'm like come on like we have to i don't know and, I, then, and I, then the sister ends up get, getting mixed up in a cult i'm like that's so yeah, tropey that, and, that's and just yeah i mean it was either gonna be a cult or cannibals like so i was like yeah like I, one door number one or door yeah, number two i just i just i like diane lane uh, I think I think Amber Tamblyn is having fun being evil as a as a kind of uh, I guess neoconservative Trumper type care. Like I think the actress is having fun, and I do like the actress playing three fifty five. So I don't, I just yeah, man, I I it's, it's not it's, fun to watch, dude. It's like yeah, it's work. Eric. I bailed. I absolutely bailed. I couldn't. Yeah, stand I, I, I think that I'm I'm tapping out right now. I think this is my tap out no. point. See, I'm still sticking with it. I think that the the concept behind it is interesting. I know that they took this from a comic book, but the the comic book had so many problems. Um, I think in terms of how it was written, that they've they've taken huge liberties with it, and and rightly so. But the problem with that I see with this is now that they've taken all these liberties and tried to make it more more feminist and more up to date, is that they don't quite know what to do with it they don't have the same exact storyline to follow and so they're like throwing darts at a board trying to see what works and what sticks and i wish they'd figure it out sooner because yeah it's becoming they're, they're just going around in circles at this point it's it's ceased to be interesting it's 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 reached this point of inertia in the show and i i'm sticking with it because i think that there's a seed of an interesting show here if they can pull it together and figure out okay this is the direction we're going to go in these are the characters we're really going to seriously follow um five episodes in allison i mean yeah i i know but i mean i'm 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 chalking it up to the fact that they 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 were using a problematic source material and radically altered it and so i'm like i said i'm still giving it a, a bit of a chance uh, there are things about it that I do like. I like Diane Lane. I, I love the character of Agent 355. I think just like you, the weakest part of the show, unfortunately, are the two siblings who are just obnoxious as hell. Um, although this last episode uh, made York a little less horrible. So I'm hoping that they're moving in that direction of redeeming these characters because it doesn't make sense that they're I mean, they, they we've seen the mother and she seems loving and generous and nice. 
How, I mean, right. they, yeah. right. I don't understand why they're avoiding her like she is like this this monster mother. It's lazy writing. Like, it, 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 it you is. know, they have to be that way in order to keep them apart. Do you know what I mean? Like, they have to have a grudge. But if they can't back it up, the show, I mean, then then it really is hard to watch them. I mean, it could be... It could be subtle or complex or really well, interesting. Yeah, because my thing is, it's a life or death situation. Yeah. I don't care if my mom used to beat the crap out of me. If, if the wo- end of the world is happening and I'm pretty sure yeah. she'd let me in to where they have food and resources, I'd still go. That's where yeah. you go, exactly. No, ever, yeah. all the criticisms that you've you've pointed out are absolutely legitimate. I'm just kind of sticking in there to at least till the end of the season to see if they get their act together. And if they don't, then I'm out too, but I'm giving it at least the season. I think, I think my issue, I know we have to move on is uh, Allison. Yeah. I read why the last man back in the two thousands. And I did wonder, I did think that certain things weren't going to age very well. I was like, yeah, like it's a great idea, but, but at the time I, you know, I enjoyed it. I think my issue is I agree with you. I think they are right to look at the source material and go, okay, we need to update things. We can't do certain things. The problem is I don't think they've replaced those things with other things. Or they've or they've replaced them with pretty generic network TV staples. And that, to me, is what's disheartening. I don't have a problem with updating the material, but I don't think they – I don't really feel like they've filled, filled any they – they haven't really put anything in, in there worthwhile, I guess. That's, yeah. I guess that's my point. All right, well, let's yeah, wrap no, this I up. I agree. Let's wrap this up. All right, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the sh- what we did in the shadows, what we do in the shadows. That was a really uh, good episode. This is yeah, it really was. I enjoyed but, it. Yeah, one, I love. One, I early on, I was like, I was like, wow, they're really using. Um, what is? Wait, is it just doll? What's the doll's name? <laughs> doll. Is it doll. Yeah, like, point she know. never gave it a name. Well, that's right. She says that too. She never. But like. The doll, the whole, I was like, well, they're really using that character a lot. And then it's great because she goes on her own adventure. Like she runs away. And then you see her other, other, like a mannequin and eventually this weird, big inflatable rat and everything like that would, that was hilarious. And then I also think that the, the whole siren thing worked really too. Also, I love every time Laszlo says bat. And this time he, he also did human form, which I think is hilarious. When he wants to turn into a person again. Um, oh, yeah, right. really funny. I have like no yeah. complaint. Yeah, you know what? I love um, over the course of the series, not necessarily a season, obviously, but they do have these really great cameos, you know, uh, and uh, the show opens, a cold open or whatever you want to call it, is um, they have Scott Bakula, you know, on oh, uh, Zoom hilarious. or whatever. Oh, and not- Nandor keeps thinking that he's Count Dracula Count or Count Bakula. You know what I mean? And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I know Libya doesn't like this show, you know what I mean? But And you, you have to buy into the conceit of the show and the documentary style. We've talked about this the entire run of the show, but it's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like goofy and silly. So I, I love the cameo, you know, the thing. Uh, you know, the, the, the points of the show, of this episode, I'll be real, real specific, which I tend not to be, you know, is Nandor and Nadja, like, trying to figure out how to co- you know, co, uh, you know, chair the council or whatever, co-lead it. And it's just, it's so funny because, uh, you know, they were like, uh, well, we do alternate days. We've solved it, you know? And then they're like, and we just spend every day undoing the thing that the other person did, you know? And it's like, just like, it's, 
I don't know. It's just silly, silly, silly stuff. You know what I mean? You just got to give into it. And then, but at the same time, I've always said this about the show, and this is a very, very strong conceit of the show, which is that um, it it does that whole like uh, sort of I don't realistic is not the right word, but it addresses like how vampires, right? Like old old world vampires, you know, would adjust you know the fish out of water thing you know about how they would interact with modern day world so when they bring um uh, what, what's his name i for, just forgot it nandor Nadja, laszlo laszlo right you just said it uh they bring laszlo into a best buy you know what i mean and his whole reaction to all the modern technology and all that stuff again it's just silly but that's what the show is so it's just fun and then uh, but you know, and but there is heart, you know, when you when you spoke about the they go to the uh, the island, they're sucked in by the siren, um, uh, you know, and um, the uh, energy vampire, uh, you know, ends up what is it? Colin, Colin Robinson. Robinson. Colin, right? I don't. Today I'm having such a hard time with names, but um, Colin Robinson, uh, uh, you know, genuinely kind of falls in love with the siren, and it's it's kind of believable, and it's gross because she's got like bird legs, you know, and she's like really unattractive she's got this really horrible speaking voice so it's only pretty when she sings um so i mean i I think it it does what it's supposed to do which is it's not just slaps i mean you know slap happy gags and visual this and that there's definitely heart in it you know and then the even the relationship that nadia has with her doll you know, and then the doll talks about being like unseen and unloved and, un, you know, blah, 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 blah. So for me, it does exactly what a good comedy is that we always talk about. I already said it about the murders, you know, kind of thing is, of course, you want the jokes. And it, it is a particular type, type of joking for sure, which is why I think Libya doesn't like the show. Um, but it's filled with heart and the relationships are great. And so if you if you can buy into it, I think that's Peter, you said it quickly it was a really fun episode you know it dealt with almost all the characters you know it just it did what this particular episode did what i think it does it does best so it was a good example of of uh, of the show you know what i mean it's it's wacky fun weird situations you know emphasizes you know the fish out of water thing and then just still has a lot of heart they're just really likable all the characters are really likable we, well, we just gotta, finished we talking gotta, about yeah we gotta wrap this up we gotta wrap this up yeah. Go ahead, Allison. I don't think you said anything, and you watched the show. Well, you 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 pretty much covered you know everything that I was going to mention. I think the only thing that that I could say is that there was you know like you said the the interactions between the characters and their likability, despite the fact that they're they're completely ridiculous people and, yes. and very violent, um, is is great. I mean, the, there was the bit at the very beginning where they had uh, they were doing like a seated interview with the doll and Guillermo. And Guillermo is so incensed. He said, so this is what you do with the B-cast, right? That's, that's what you're getting yeah. out of the way now. And and all of that was terrific. And then the little doll going out and trying to get people's attention as she's walking out with her little tramp's knapsack um, on a stick. I mean, that it was just, it was priceless. It was, yeah. it was yeah. great. All right. So, um, so, wait, 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 so yeah, we gotta wrap this up. Episode. We gotta wrap this up, guys. So yeah, you guys no, are saying great thumbs up, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season one finale of What If? And this was uh, all the storylines come together. And I get points because I predicted this a couple weeks ago, I think. 
where I was like, oh, we're going to do an Avengers thing, you know, except he did, he called it Guardians of the Multiverse. So I was like, okay, yeah, fine. He named it slightly different than what I said. But it, it, he basically pulled together kind of the characters that I figured. I was surprised that he got uh, Killmonger because I was like, well, that's an odd choice. Until you get to the end of the episode, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that's why it's Killmonger. Because uh, I was like, why would he put Killmonger in this crew? Um, yeah, he had a plan. Look at that. Uh, so what did you guys think of the episode and, and seeing all the characters from the different verses work together? I thought it was great. I, I, you know, for me, I think I enjoyed the entire series maybe a little more than certainly you, Libby. I think you, you've men, no, men, I, mentioned. I, a couple I, of us. Okay, there were no, some. Think, there were some in the yeah. middle that I was just like, oh my god, right. this is and, just the most depressing thing ever. Yeah. Right, and I didn't find it. I didn't find it that way. I mean, yes, it was depressing, but it didn't affect my like, you know, my liking the series on the whole or this and that. I do want to give a little bit of deep or background you know, information, which I found really interesting. Uh, the the writer producer, whoever I don't, I don't remember, um, did actually mention. Uh, that they they had to cut a few episodes, at least one, possibly two, because of the pandemic. And they were he was talking about how unbelievably long it takes to animate uh, the each each episode. It's very rich, you know, and it's very detailed, and it's all of this stuff. And just I'm I'm giving lip services because I found it very interesting. The ones they cut, I don't remember why they had to cut them, uh, but um, I think actually because of production issues, uh, voice this and that. Um, they were they were lighter episodes. They were actually funnier, lighter episodes. He may have even gone into describing one of them in the article. So to 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 to, to address that, I think it would have been a little more even had they put in all the episodes. There would have been more of a balance of light, dark, light, dark. So I think I find that very interesting because you know I agree there were a ton and they were all kind of smushed together. I think there were supposed to be a few light ones in between the dark ones. So there's that little bit of information. But uh, I'll let you guys speak about m more details. Except that because I was straight up a fan, I really did love uh, the interpretations, even the dark ones. Um, and uh, I agreed with you when you said it. You know that it was probably going to all smush together. Uh, and I think they did it brilliantly. And and the action sequence. You know what I mean? We're great. You know, I, you know, we talk about how with animation, you can kind of get away with more and, and do more and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just, they really took advantage of the medium. You know what I mean? I really think that, um, you know, visually it was super arresting and, and, uh, and um, the action sequences throughout the series, but at the end, were, was really exciting it was fun and interesting and and i was very much like how are they going to solve this you know so uh and i i think again the humor the balance of the humor that we know that you know uh they love to put in uh marvel um some some movies more than others i feel like the the, the comedy works you know and the jokes and stuff so for me i thought the finale was a perfect balance i thought it was really exciting to watch it was a great way of tying everything up i even was happy with the resolution it kind of fit in in with the you know they set it up with uh with um the uh, whatever Bennett, Bennett Cumberbatch's character and I can't believe I'm forgetting the names but anyway so yeah I thought it was great I thought the series was great and I thought as a wrap-up they they absolutely landed that plane it was it was great I thought all right uh Allison go ahead 
Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think exactly like Yusin said, I didn't know that they had actually cut certain episodes out of the series. And I think that's unfortunate because it did make this thing really start to become a slog. It was almost a joke how bleak everything mm-hmm. was. And mm-hmm. I think a few a few more episodes, you know, at least two more episodes with, with a lighter touch would have would have definitely helped a great deal as far as the the overall mood of the series um but having said that i think that they did wrap this up really well uh like you like you said they landed this plane um i the one thing that i i found disappointing and obviously there was nothing they could do about it is that when they, whenever they had ultron speaking it really sounded like they'd written these lines for james spader and i could almost hear his voice in my head and it was disappointing not to actually yeah. hear his voice <laughs> in the show because i mean russ marquand does a great job of being able to mimic people's voices but he somehow doesn't get spader and um that that was unfortunate but I, I loved the, the progression of the, of the storyline. Um, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher yeah, just so sounds like he's having the best time yeah. in the world doing the voice for this. And uh, the resolution made perfect sense. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was beautifully done. Yeah. And let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks. And this episode was fantastic because we get to see the lower decks on a Klingon ship and on a Vulcan ship. And it was a really interesting contrast. And I just really liked getting off the Cerritos, the Cerritos just to see. We're not not completely off the Cerritos. I I know. I I understand. But I, I really just liked that. The thing about Star Trek is you get to see different cultures and different things. And so this was the first time I felt like the show really delved into the other cultures. And I have fingers crossed that that Vulcan ends up on the Cerritos. Because she got got banished to Starfleet. And I was like, come on! Come over to our show! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Peter, your thoughts on this? I thought it was really... Yeah, I thought it was really good. Pretty much the moment... They, they're saying, oh, I think he, is it Boimler? Someone's saying like, oh, I'm sure it's way more exciting, you know, like, like with the, with the Klingons lower decks and then boom, you see that. And I was like, oh, I was like, is it going to be the episode? Like, um, yes, I thought it was pretty funny and you're right. Like, I just, I just really like seeing that balance and it all ties together. It all becomes this thing where the Cerritos ends up at the Vulcan ship thinking that they're helping right and then the bird oh no they the, show up at the Packlids and the pack is in the romulans and they think that oh, no, no, the klingons they think they're helping the klingons fight the Packlids, but actually the right. klingons and the Packlids are working together right uh but i yeah i thought it was yeah i mean this episode and last episode where it was all the uh the holo- was that the hologram test yes yeah, the holodeck yeah the holodeck i thought these both of these have really like taken the take like been really good like one-off ideas of like what if we do this and i agree i hope that we see like uh i hope in a way we're we've we've now been introduced to new characters that we'll get to see yeah i want to piggyback on what you said uh libya about um and you know i am really glad that i I don't know if you guys convinced me or just listening to you guys on the podcast uh, convinced me to kind of give the show another chance. Um, and, you know, when the the show was definitely very like a workplace show, you know, all the kind of like, 
you know, griping and this and that, and, you know, it was very much on the ship, you know, and less like you said about other views and other places and whatever. Um, so yeah, I absolutely loved the, you know, getting a chance to see, you know, but also like Peter said, uh, it, it stayed with the theme because we just saw the lower decks, you know what I mean? So it was really, really fun to see lower decks on the different types of ships, you know, and, and they, for me, I mean, I know it's, I know the show has always kind of been this way, I guess, but I have caught up. So I've seen every episode. I really love just how true they are to the whole Star Trek, you know, at the, a few episodes, the last few episodes, I feel like they've super leaned into, you know, the Star Trek jokes and Star Trek references and, you know, this and that and everything. Um, so I have really come around to the show. I still don't think it's like amazing, but if you are a Star Trek fan, you will absolutely love the show. In fact, I think you probably have to be a Star Trek fan in order to appreciate the show, which is fine. You know what I mean? That's not a, a you know, a diss, but, um, and as a Star Trek fan, I was surprised that I didn't like the show uh, you know at all really uh, and then not very much but I for me the show has definitely come around and this last episode I think did a great job and I, I will end by simply saying um, about how you know it, it's an homage not even even an homage but it leans super leans into you know respecting the canon and the you know and what we know about Star Trek because that post credit scene with the Borg lower deck <laughs> was it was fantastic i actually rewound it which is i was like am i because yeah i was like am i missing something and then i was like yes. oh yes. So, so i rewound it and that's how brilliant it was because i was like wait did anything happen and then i was like no of course not they're they're freaking you know borgs you know so that made me really laugh and i thought yeah that was a nice touch so that to me is sort of the epitome of the show uh, you know it's they really really know you know, how to kind of honor or, you know, represent what we know about Star Trek, uh, you know, and make it funny and blah, blah, blah. And, and for me, the, the, you know, shifting away from the sort of bickering and complaining about on one ship, you know, kind of a thing, expanding it was, was great. So for me, it was probably one of the better, best, you know, not the best, but one of my, you know, top, I don't know, three, four episodes for me. So yeah, I really liked it. All right, uh, we will move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about C. And this feel this episode feels like a tr- it, well one when it, it the name of the episode is called the Queen's Speech, and I am not a fan of the Queen, so I was like, ah, we're gonna have. I was like, it's gonna be all about her. It's gonna be annoying. But they did something super surprising and had a coup happen. And so we actually had a new queen who had to give a speech. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and and the only thing I will say is they built up this battle to such a thing that you're like, oh, my God, what's this going to be? And then they cut to credits at the first volley of arrows. And I was like, oh, come on. So <laughs> I was kind of annoyed by that. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, well, I, I, I was expecting it to do that. As soon as the arrows went flying, actually, I went, they're going to cut right now, aren't they? Yes, they did. Of course. Oh, man, um, like, no. 
Because, yeah, they want you to tune in next week. So, of course, they're going to do that. But I loved this episode. I, I would have loved it more if they had actually gotten around to killing the queen. But Thank you! I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, please! A, a pain in the behind for a oh. long time. At the very least, they didn't kill the brand new queen, which I was worried about for a while. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as I saw um, uh, Baba Voss's brother... Um, talking to this this big ugly scary looking yeah, guy you knew he was an assassin I, yeah yeah of course it's like you know he just sent him off to assassinate the the queen right yes right. of course well i was hoping that he'd get the room wrong and assassinate the other one uh that was why i was fingers crossed on that i was like maybe he doesn't know who you know that they've had a coup and he assassinates the original the wrong queen. one yeah, yeah but, that's but what i was sadly, hoping for sadly know. no oh, um, do you think your your guy tom meisen is dead i mean he got he got a really well, nasty wound. He did. He got the thing. The thing with the wound that they did, you know, I'm I'm hoping that they don't kill him off because I love Tom Meisen. I think he's doing a fantastic job with Lord Harlan, and and Lord Harlan's an interesting character. I so I I would want to see him around longer. But the problem with the wound that they gave him, of course, uh, is that you know it's a stomach wound, which right. it, you know with modern medicine is is pretty simple to to fix if you get someone to the hospital in time um the thing is they don't have any modern medicine there and so, paris who's a really good healer has left the building yeah so there, i mean that's you know he's he's kind of he's kind of stuck and knowing tv and and movies what they usually do, do with a stomach wound is one of two things either they die immediately from it which is not what happens or they they recover miraculously which also doesn't happen <laughs> just like that um usually these wounds are long lingering terrible things that you die of sepsis from right. so he could he could end up if they actually did this realistically he could linger for weeks before he finally you know gives up the ghost but i'm i'm hoping that even though it's not realistic that they do have him recover because i do like his character a lot um that said i think all, all the rest of the stuff the 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 uh i don't want to say courtroom but the the throne room scene that was pretty um, good that was pretty good was was fantastic when they turned the tables on the queen and the look on kofun's face when he realizes exactly the extent of the mistake that he has made um was fantastic well, I have a question. Just, did you see that weird bit where when she realizes he's about to lose she goes and gets something from her throne chair and i thought she got a knife and then she just doesn't use it. And I was like, well, that's strange. Because they show her, go to her, because she gets up and is like, you guys are all lying. And then everyone is like, nope, you're the liar. And they all testify against her. She, and she realizes she's about to lose. And she goes to her throne chair, or to the throne, and you can see her fiddling with the arm and pulling something out of the arm. And yeah, but they like, haven't shown us what that is yet. Right. It's obviously not a knife or she would have tried to use it or maybe she's waiting for the right time to use it I don't um, know, or it but could I be a just... tool to get out of their the chains that she's in who knows oh that's true i feel like they would have patted her down as you would do to a new prisoner come on just i just thought it was strange that they showed her do that and then we didn't see anything in this episode related to that so that i thought that was yeah weird. but i think that they will i don't think that that was a mistake i think that they're going to pay that off at some point in the in the future and but i was uh, really hoping she was going to lose her head i was like yeah 
Unfortunately, they find her too good an antagonist. I to don't get rid know of her why. Like I don't. And and there's the there is the issue of the child she is now carrying. They, so I think that she's uh, going to be with us until she at least delivers a kid. Ugh. So adorable. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the rest of the episode, I did like how Baba Boss and his wife Margaret how they had they had a pretty serious argument. And I liked how they showed that, which is they straight up were arguing and kind of yelling at each other. She slaps him. He takes a breath, walks away. He comes back, kisses her. But then that night he doesn't go to her bed. So they show what like an adult mature fight looks like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not like they're, we're getting a divorce. It's like, it's not like that at all. It is very much, we fundamentally disagree about this. I'm still and mad it was a realistic issue to disagree well, yeah, absolutely. with. So it wasn't I, trivial. I know, absolutely. I mean, they both had points. Because I was like, she's like, our children are adults now. We can't, you know, we have to let them be adults. You know, and and he was like, well, are you just doing it because you want to be queen? Some of it is true. Like, I feel like if they were back in their village where, you know, she's not queen, she would have been all for locking them up. But uh, now that she's queen and she's got bigger things to think about, she is willing to let her children do what they want, and it's a tactical advantage. So she's willing to risk them more. But I, I remember when they were first reading and they were first doing, she was very much like, no, you're not doing this, and if you love me, you won't do this. She was the main one not allowing them to do things. And now she's like, well, they're adults. They have their freedom. So her, she's totally changed. And he, I think he's right to assume part of why that change is because she's worried about being queen. That's all valid. But other than physically restraining them, they wouldn't have been able to keep them out of that battle. So anyway, so I, I just, I like showing, I like that they showed that. And I still am not sold on the whole Starcross Romeo and Juliet romance between the daughter and whatever that other girl's name is. I kind of get why it was cool when she was in Trevante's, but like running and kissing each other on the battlefield just felt a little much to me. I was like, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. So let's move on to the next show. We'll be talking about Foundation episode four. And this episode was called Barbarians at the Gate. And this episode takes off five seconds after the finale or the last seconds of episode three, where, uh, uh, Sarah Harden. What's her first name? Sora Harden? So, something. Salvor. Salvor Harden. When she gets captured, and we don't, we're like, who are these people? Like, you know, and all of that. And so she's taken hostage, and they basically say, take us to the tower, or we'll grab these children and make them take us to the tower. And I don't know if she's lying or telling the truth that only, she can only take one person through the shield. I feel like i feel like she was lying do you, do you, i mean you've seen the episode a bunch of times did you have an opinion on that peter uh it didn't occur it didn't occur to me that she was lying but i but mean but she easily could that could easily have been a falsehood like it could there, have been if it i will say this if it was a lie then that means that maybe there's a longer cut where they did something with that because then they don't really do anything with it. True, but so, I, yeah, but and they they just bring it up. They're like, "How do we know you're telling the truth?" And she's like, "Well, you're gonna have to trust me." I mean, 
the only other way to test it is to try to go through the shield and get fried. So, correct. Um, but I did like that she got she only took one person through the shield, and then she takes them to the vault, which was a nice trick because she's unaffected by the vault. But of course, the bad guy is completely knocked out immediately, and so she gets to to capture her captor, and which is awesome. yeah, that was a really good scene. And then you have the interrogation, which is the first time we really find out what Salva Hardin's, like, powers are, I guess, if you would call it that. Which is, she just considers it luck, but it's, it's, it's incredible. It's not just that every time she flips this coin, she can always tell where it's, whether it's going to be heads or tails. But it's also the fact that she can, like, see into this other person and tell their entire life story. Like, she knows how her mom died. She knows that her brother died. Like, that whole conversation is super creepy, but also really powerful. Um, because you, they've basically taken this character and, like, you're like, what does this all mean? You know, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Peter, you go ahead. No, 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 I agree. No, uh, I agree with you. I thought that was great, too. Um, I, I, I think my issue, my I think if I have an issue, though, while I am, you know, loving the show, it's that, like, I think that Gail and Salvor are both, like, kind of our sort of relatable characters. And then you have people like, and then you have someone like Harry and the Cleons who are just kind of, like, more out there and strange. I think the thing about, is it Farah? Is it Farah? I keep thinking. Yeah, whoever the, the villain is, yeah. I just find her a little one-dimensional. She's like, not a I, little like, one-dimensional. She's absolutely one-dimensional. Yeah, like, it's weird because we understand, absolutely, we absolutely understand why anybody that's an, 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 an Anacron or a Thespian, right. should absolutely hate the Empire and hate anything that's connected to... So I, it's not that I don't, like, get that and everything. Um... But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so one-dimensional. And also there's the fact that... Even the... her second in command is more interesting than her. Yes, yeah. Um, I just, yeah. It's just it's just the kind of thing where I always feel like it's the kind of thing that you kind of do on a show where you have all these, a lot of stuff that I think as viewers you want to see more of, like the big ideas and the big conflicts. And then you have to have this skirmish. You have to have like, oh, and then these guys are going to try to take over. We're going to have to spend some time on this. And I'm just like, eh, do we have to spend time on this? Like, I agree with you. Yes, I absolutely like Salvor learning more about, well, it's not just, us learning more it's also herself it's like what exactly does all all of that mean like how how can she look into someone's soul and see nothing but darkness or you know right whatever and i did i I did like her making the distinction between if she was lying or not telling them the truth and they were like isn't that the same thing and she was like not necessarily and i was like "Mm." right i like like that too yeah um so no i would say it's still i still really love the show I just get nervous about what I see as like things that are they feel like sort of a a a way to fill ten episodes where I'm like what why do we have to do it's this? It's not even like, so much fill ten episodes. I think because the ideas are so like intellectual that they they're like well now we have to have an action scene 
So I feel like yeah. this storyline with uh, what did you just say her name was Yara Yara something? Um, say again. Salvor? Like no, the, the no, one. the the bad guy. Oh, uh, I think it's Farah. Farah. I think having having her be just so antagonistic, so one dimensional with her antagonism. I mean, you understand she's been traumatized. She lost her entire family when she was a child. The Emperor basically bombed her planet into nothing. And the only way that her and her people can survive is to basically salvage and do whatever they're doing on uh, Terminus. Uh, and I like the fact that, you know, she gives this story about why they're on Terminus and Sal is like, you're lying. And so now the question is, what is she really doing on Terminus? Like, that is the question. What, what does she want? I, I, Go ahead, Yusin. I'll just jump in by saying that, um, and I hate to throw her under the bus, but I mean, isn't that what this show is about? Like, critiquing? Um, the, the writing of the what, the Huntress or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, is, yeah, yeah, that's it, what we're talking about, yeah. right? Right. No, that's what I'm saying. I just couldn't remember her name even from three seconds ago. So <laughs> the Huntress, um, you know, is written very broadly for sure, you know, and, and, and it was brought in, like Peter said, is sort of your villain conflict, whatever. And as you said, gives them an opportunity to throw in some action sequences, which I, I make sense. You know what I mean? Um, there are sci-fi shows that are out there, you know, that don't have action sequences. It's a different kind of sci- sci-fi show. So it's not like it's never been done before, but I understand it and it's set up for that and, and, and whatever. But I, I want to say that I think with a different actress, to be honest, right? Uh, you can take sort of mediocre material and and broad material, and you can give it some texture. You can give it some extra stuff that maybe isn't even on the page. You know what I mean? And I don't think that this actress is capable of that. No. So she may be a completely adequate actress. I'm not saying she is horrible, you know, but she absolutely brings nothing to a role that already is poorly written. I, and I don't know what Allison said about it, you know, on other podcasts, but I did think the show started strongly for me. And even though, um, uh, uh, empire, middle empire day, is it, uh, you know, it was, it's in the beginning, you know, kind of a little mustache twirly. Um, he becomes less so, uh, and, and much more compelling cause I'm super into the cloning concept of it. So him having to play day and, 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 and whatever night and, and, and whatever, you know, uh, as, as different people over, you know, the different episodes, um, it calls for him to be more subtle and, and kind of more complex. So then you you get to see his acting range, whereas this villain, quote unquote, uh, really doesn't get a chance. The choices, like the action choices that are made by the characters, not by the show, although I guess it is the show, um, already it's weak for me. Uh, and and the choices they were making right in that in this episode uh, that, you know, the the warden was making, you know, uh, it, I thought her it, choices. Because, I thought she made good no, choices. I, no, I think, I mean, I, I obviously we were allowed to disagree. Um, no, I thought they were already from the beginning. She, you know, I, I can't remember the details. But anyway, on a broader sense, uh, for me, I, I, I didn't question why they brought in the action. But from the get-go, I was, and we talk about this endlessly, you know, you're only as good as your villain. You know, and even if we're talking about just this episode or whatever, um, it, it the villain isn't good enough for me. So then I started to kind of not care about what happens in the middle, um, you know. So uh, as long as the show kind of goes back, 
you know, resolves the, the, you know, this stuff and kind of goes back to what I really liked about it. You know, I'm sure um, I anticipate that I will like the rest of the series, but you know, I'm waiting to see how long this action stuff takes. Okay. Um, the, the only other thing I want to mention is that at the end of this episode, we finally get to see Gail in her pod. So oh, right. we hadn't seen her since episode two, where she got thrown in the pod. And now we see that the pod has arrived somewhere and we don't, and that's all we know. So that's how, that is the, the cliffhanger of episode four. I think that overall, I really did like this episode. Uh, it introduced, it introduced the Huntress, like you said, and I, I do think she's very one note, but I don't. I, I like Salva Harden and what we learn from her and the interrogation a lot. I like that whole aspect of it a lot more than I dislike the Huntress. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Ted Lasso. And this was the season finale. And I know that everybody has been waiting to find out how... Nate is going to pay for his big betrayal and wow, do they make you wait? Cause Ted's like, I'm not going to deal with it. I did like the beard figured it out on his own. I like the beard was like, okay, only this group of people knew this information and Nate's the one who spilled. And, uh, th th to me, that just means that beard is a much better, he can read character really well he's been that way the whole season I well mean, yeah i know but i mean i i just i really like just the confirmation of it that's all yeah that's all sure, sure. and but, I well, mean, I, he, I, he he didn't spill it he knows ted wouldn't talk about it and the only other person is roy and roy would never say something like that so that narrows things down pretty yeah. pretty tightly yeah. yeah so yeah. i thought that i mean yeah go ahead sorry i no, just thought ahead. that 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 they showed that and then they didn't deal with it really for almost the whole episode they just have ted just kind of tiptoe around it and they're dealing with all their other issues and you wait till almost the end of the episode right before the game to actually have your confrontation that's all which was great because it really built it up i mean it really and the explosion I, I i'll jump in here by saying that like it was really hard to watch i mean we know that nate has been growing and growing into this person you know and and the stuff that he's been you know it's very um believable for sure you know because the vitriol and the meanness was always there i mean he was super mean it wasn't even like he's a little bit mean and then he got like super mean he's just it was horrible um so it was very believable and i thought the actor did a great job with it you know it was very all of that but it was really uncomfortable for me i felt so bad for ted and also a little bit confused i i spoke with allison about this and i just was like wait you know, and she, you know, she, she rightfully was just like, nah, none of it's true. He's just completely delusional. You no, know? Well, no, I, no, no. I disagree because well, when I, when, when, when Nate gives his reasons for yeah. why he's mad at Ted, I'd say yeah. the first two or three things he says, I was like, oh, that's told that that works. Like I understand from Nate's point of view, I understand how Nate would see it that way. No, no, then no, no. once I, he I, starts I, going, then I'm like, okay, now you're being crazy. No, 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 I, I, I misspoke. I misspoke. But I think what I, because I, I don't want to put that words into Allison's mouth so she can Thank correct you. me. I guess what I was trying to say was, I mean, she used the word delusional, but I'm not, I'm not expressing it correctly. What I meant was, 
what you just said from his point of view. Do you know what I mean? So like, as I was watching it, I was like, wait, am I, was I supposed to catch all that? Like, I don't think it was that way. I don't think Ted treated him that way. I was just so, my point is I I was so defensive. I I think that, that, that Ted in season one took Nate under his wing and was a mentor to him, which is true. And I think that Ted thought, okay, now he's a coach. He's on his own feet. Let him fly. And yes. let him fly. Exactly. And so yeah. he yeah. looked but at he it. Always gave Ted, but he always gave Nate credit and stuff. Listen, I'm not arguing. No, I'm I just, just, let me, I, 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 I'm just saying that from Nate's point of view, because his relationship with his father is so terrible, yes. he saw, instead of seeing Ted as a mentor, he saw yes. Ted as a father. And yes, so I, he wasn't ready for Ted to let him go. And he felt abandoned. So I, I'm only interrupting you because I agree with you. I misspoke. The, everything you're saying is what I wanted to say, right? But just quickly, so I didn't get to, you know, speak on that. But so I just, I just want to add that out there. I a thousand percent agree with what you're saying. I was just starting by Alex oh. and asking Allison because oh, I was. Oh, and by the, by the way, a little side thing: when Nate's giving his complaints, he's like, "I gave you this picture at Christmas." And it's not on your desk, and you just have yeah. blah blah blah. They said that when you, if you watch the the um, wedding episode, and we're at Ted's house, the picture yes. that Nate gave him is in it at his house. It's on the wall in his house, yeah. house yeah. right? Yeah. So it's so like that's what I meant by Allison. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Allison. Yeah. You go. Let's let no, Allison wait, speak. Since I've been quoted several times here, not really. Exactly correctly. I, I just wanted to say, first of all, I, I love I loved the episode from beginning to end, and I thought that it was structured brilliantly. Um, but also, um, Nate, you know, as, as you were pointing out, all of this hostility, all of this rage has been building up all season. And right. really, even if you look into season one, there's like yeah. hints. You know, you yeah. go back and there's like little things like where he was roasting the players. And we didn't yeah. look at it really at the time because it seemed like, oh, great. Well, he's getting a little back on, on his own and he's just doing it in fun. But apparently there was an underlying thing that was not fun about it. He was really genuinely taking his rage out at the at, at these other players. And, and it's just been building up. And I think that the situation with Ted... Um, you know, there might have been like a few things that were kind of legit because there was there was one thing I, you know, that I'd forgotten about that where uh, Nate came to, to Ted about something and Ted kind of laughed him off. And uh, for, for someone who's emotionally stable, they wouldn't have even noticed it. But for Nate, it was it was like a dig. And it, it but for everything else. It doesn't matter what I don't think it matters what Ted did or how he treated him um, or how support. I don't think he could have possibly been more supportive. It was just Nate hating himself. And and, you know, he's got his father's voice in his head telling him repeatedly that he's nothing. So he overcompensates and he's got this other voice that's saying, you know, I am I'm the greatest thing ever. And the and, you know this narcissism is going back and forth with a complete lack of real uh, self determination, and I and and he, that's just fighting. And and so far the narcissist is winning out. So he's he's just got he's he's a damaged person, 
And this damage is manif manifesting not in a cute TV way of, oh, he's just shy and retiring and easily hurt. It's, it's doing it in a very realistic way of he's lashing out at other people and becoming very ugly. And I, what I also liked about the show is that if you, and, and I didn't really notice it until this episode, um, but then I went back and I looked earlier, is that they've been having him go gray right. over yeah. the course of the yeah. season. It's like yeah. the more evil he gets, the more gray he gets. Very until that, yeah, yeah, until that last scene where, you know, he turns to face the camera and he's practically a Targaryen. Um, <laughs> and I, I think, I don't know what they're trying to say, whether it's like, you know, evil ages you prematurely yeah, sure, or absolutely. But, it makes him a different character. We're looking at, yeah. you know, sort of the anti-Nate, the, yeah. the antithesis of the person that we, we knew or thought we knew. And I loved how that was done. I loved all of that. I, I just I just want to go back because I took notes. And I, this is the, this, I, so I want to get to a few things because I just want to uh, focus on the humor because Allison literally, and you, Libya, literally said what I was trying to say inelegantly and over too quickly. Um, so I don't disagree with anything that you said. And in fact, I, that was what I was trying to say. But I just want to go back because it's the season's over, you know, and I've talked about this endlessly about how dense the writing is and the jokes and everything so i was like i have to mention some stuff i mean we you know it's first of all i love the coach uh beard you know what i mean he is just this like si he's deadly but silent he comes off with these one-liners you know what i mean and like throughout the series he says some of the most funny subtle stuff um and i don't think he gets enough credit both the actor and the lines and like there was that scene uh, <clears throat> excuse me on the field when when Ted like talks about his anxiety and stuff and he's correcting him and stuff. And then he just goes horticulture, baby. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I was just like, like it's a throwaway he's, line. Yeah, he All said, nip this. He said, let's nip this in the butt. And he's like, no, but, it's bud. Bud. Oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. He goes, horticulture, baby. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know? And then and then you talked about, uh, Libby, I'll bring it back to you saying how Nate, I'm sorry, uh, how Coach Beard, you know, recognized the whole Nate thing, you know what I mean? And then his line about he'd be like, I'd be happy to headbutt you. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Right. Like, it's just, yeah. You know, he's just, throughout the series, he's been that way, you know? And then the last thing I'll say is, I mean, I could do so many, right? But I'll do two. One is that when Roy has that conversation with Trent, uh, Trent, Trent uh, uh, whatever his name is, um, you know. Jamie the, Tart? Jamie Tart? Tart, not Trent. Uh, Tart. Um, you know, about, it's that beautiful thing of keeping true to his character, right? Um, and just, it's still being incredibly funny, where he is like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll let you speak, because, you know, I, because otherwise, you know, when I'm done with you, you won't have any teeth, you know, to, like, respond to me, and I just thought that was hilarious, but so believable, and then the last thing is the Ghanaian billionaire. I have to talk about him. Because oh, oh, my God! Yes, yeah. yes, because the actor, props to the actor, he is mostly known for this sort of babbling, shy you know uh, oddly funny guy but super passive super passive that is absolutely his kind of bread and butter and all the roles i've seen him in so uh for him to just go nuts it was amazing props to the actor props to the writing and the last thing i will say it's so layered that when you think he is done being upset and he has said all that he could possibly say uh about bodily functions you know and burning <laughs> down and bodily functions on the ashes 
Like, I will burn your house down and then on the ashes, you know, fill in bodily function. But here's the thing, right? All the way to the end when he leaves and he's still, you know, going on and on. And then he grabs the the dress form with the uniform on it and then he chokes it but then like at the very end he slow chokes it he doesn't even just grab it and choke it violently at the very end he's like i'm slow choking you slowly the life out of you you know and i thought ah it is brilliant i could not believe how much he committed to that and i don't know how much was if any was improv or any you know whatever but I, that scene was amazing it was like the best meltdown i have seen in years I just, and like i said i was ended. just so happy for sam that i was like man he dodged that bullet yeah. <laughs> yeah. i loved sam's reaction through the whole thing it's like he didn't look the the least bit upset he was just kind of smiling like you know this is this is kind of how you expect a little infant to act. And he was just grinning, you know, he, he was just perfectly happy with the decision he made, which I thought was fantastic. I right. love oh, oh, and I love the scene where he's in, he goes to tell uh, Rebecca that he's staying. And, and because Ted is in the room, he looks at Ted and he's like, it's not because of how I feel about you, Ted, that made my decision. <laughs> And Ted was like, I think he was talking to you, Rebecca. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that was great. That was great. All right, so we're saying thumbs up, Ted Lasso. That was a really good finale. Um, everything everything worked out. Uh, well, it didn't work out. We have a new villain for next season. No, there's we have a new villain, and there's there's a little bit of tension between Roy and Keeley. Um, True. So, True. Yeah, there's, there's stuff to work out. I want your guys' opinion on it, so that I want to bring it up. I, 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 again, I was a little bit confused, or maybe I was just so upset, sad that I didn't want to take in the information I was viewing. They did not um, break up officially. Like, no. Yeah, no, I know, I know that, but 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 don't you think Keely? Yeah, no, I, I don't you think it was weird and a little bit dramatic for her to say you go away on the vacation. It's one thing to just be like, oh, I'm going to be distracted, we can't go or I can't go, but for her to keep insisting that he go by himself, who does that? I was like, that's too much space. I was like, if you're just going to tell your boyfriend, listen, I can't go away, I'm going to be super busy, you do your thing, like, but we're still going to be in the same city. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was a little dramatic weird, which which I didn't think was I thought it was a little bit of a plot device because I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just I love them so well, much. I, mean, I think from Keely's perspective, she she just, she was overcompensating and read him wrong. Um, cause especially because Roy was talking about how he's never taken a, a vacation. So she, right. she just got it wrong. And it's like, oh, no, you do it. You do it. Um, right. Not that she really wanted to be separated from him. I don't, because I right. don't think she does. But okay. I think that. I think that she just read it wrong. And of course he took it that way. Right. So right. he's upset. And right. I mean, well, also he's insecure about their relationship. He's insecure about their relationship in the first place. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and they cut him out of all the pictures for the Vogue yeah. shoot. So he's, and, and even though he said he was okay with that because she looked so strong and so wonderful, there's still a part of him that's, you know, beginning to feel like, you know, Left maybe out. there's something wrong here. So yeah, and he's left out, and he's he, he's afraid she's gonna leave him behind. Yeah, I just love him so much. I was so upset for him when she was like, "You go, you go," and I was like, well, "No, no, he can stay in the town." Why are you shipping <laughs> let's let's wrap this. Him. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. So overall, we're saying thumbs up. Ted Lasso, awesome finale. Yes. Oh, so yeah. sad, but super happy. <laughs> All but right. it was so good. 
If you have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. We're at sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.